Hello and welcome to our podcast. This is Caesar speaking and Mariana will also be joining in. Today we're going to be talking about Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. The themes we'll be, we will be focusing in will be good versus evil, love versus evil, and dark arts. So we will also be focusing on the character Tom Riddles and setting as dark arts. So we know, talking a little bit more about the book now, that basically the book was about Harry's second year at the Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizarding. And we basically know too that weird stuff are happening this year. More weird than last year, actually. We know some students are being petrified and that now Harry is hearing some voices on the wall and he discovered that he's a parcel tongue and that a thing called Chamber of Secrets has been opened, but nobody knows where this place is. Also talking about our Chamber of Secrets and adding to one of our themes, Dark Arts, we know since the beginning we learn about this Chamber of Secrets that it was never intended to be a good and pure thing. It was intended to be and to do evil to others. More importantly, to muggle-borns. The idea of this Chamber of Secrets were created by the leader of the Slytherins, the um, Salazar Slytherin, because he was very annoyed because there was going to be half-bloods at Hogwarts, and he didn't want that. All the other houses were fine and didn't have any problems with with the half-bloods and muggle-borns. Um, Salazar Slytherin had a big problem with them. Because he didn't think they were worthy of studying in the school of Hogwarts. I also, I totally agree with what you're saying right now about this thing of Salazar Slytherin being not in favor of Muggleborns and Half-Bloods. But also I think that something really important about this book is how we, for the first time, we actually see how the magical world is not only good, but also bad. That not all wizards are good people. And we only hear a like this thing about having bad wizards with Voldemort, but we never actually see other wizards doing bad things. For example, is Salazar Slytherin, that basically only because there were Muggleborns and Half-Bloods, he didn't want to accept it to study at his school. I also think that how this affected Harry in a totally negative way, because we see that Harry is a very lost kid. Until now, he's very lost. He still doesn't know a lot of things about magic, so... Basically, what I think that seeing for him, seeing the bad side of magic was a very negative thing because he basically didn't know how to control it, how to prevent it, and especially having Gilderoy Lockhart as the defense against the Dark Horse teacher was very bad for him because he was totally not ready to see this bad side of the wizarding world. Absolutely, I agree with you. Um, we can see in the wizarding world that it is very divided between, for example, families like the Malfoys, who support and like evil, from the Weasleys, that don't like evil or are good people and want to do good. Just as we can see in our day-to-day -day lives, there's people that are for evil and there's people that are against it. And we can also see in this book that 
the wizarding world is not that different from ours, that people can be motivated by blackmail and fear, most importantly, fear. As we know, the father of Draco Malfoy, Lucio's Malfoy, was motivated by fear to do something very bad in his past, according to Dumbledore. I totally agree with you with the story about comparing this play, like this totally magical world with our world. It's also adding how Harry is just like us. He was very tormented on this book. We see several times where he doubts if he actually was even a Gryffindor. I believe that it was already on I, the first chapters of the first book where he was being on the ceremony and the hat was like choosing where he was going to be. We see that a lot of times the hat was like, oh, you should probably be on Slytherin because you're very ambitious. You have, you know, like this dark side. But Harry wanted to be in Gryffindor. He ended up being in Gryffindor. On this book, we see a lot of times where Harry was like, oh my God, maybe I was supposed to be on Slytherin. Because there was moments where Harry was absolutely ambitious and didn't really care about others. We can see that in a lot of moments, for example, in Quidditch, where he was playing against Malfoy and he totally not listened to Wood. He didn't listen to anybody. He just wanted to keep going so he could win the game. They did win the game, but he it was a totally slithering action, I believe. Okay, so agreeing 100% with you and evil and good, um, we can see when a main character enters and tries to decide between evil and good, bad and good, because the, I agree, this was a very slithering action to only think about himself and put him first, even though it was a team sport. So as a fellow Slytherin, and yes, I actually am a Slytherin. I did a Pottermore quiz, which makes me a certified Slytherin. Yay! It's very difficult for us to accept any type of defeat for somebody that we despise, like Harry despises Draco Malfoy. And as a fellow Slytherin, I can see some Slytherin characteristics in Harry, not just in this moment for the game, but also in multiple other situations in the books. Yeah, and also letting about moments where Harry actually acts like a slithering. I believe Harry is very cunning and ambitious. Like, really, there's this moment, like, on the, for example, on the Sorcerer Stone, where Harry, basically, he, went, he goes to the private part of the library where nobody can go, just because he really needs to know about this Nicholas Flanell even though it has nothing to do with him. So until there, it has nothing to do with him. But like, he's a very cunning and ambitious person. So I believe that on the Chamber of Secrets, yes, he was totally right of having this good versus evil tormentation inside him because there really is this evil side inside Harry. Let's also talk about, now that we're talking about dark arts, let's talk about Horcruxes. Because in my opinion, in my like point of view, the biggest um, thing and the biggest point of dark arts of Harry Potter is the Orcrux. So we're, I'm not going to get into too much of detail of this because we do not see this in this book. But it's basically when you kill a person and you grab an object and you grab a piece of your soul. 
and put it in this object so when somebody tries to kill you, you don't die. Yes, and like totally adding to what you're saying right now, I believe that this is a, and I'm not believing, but I'm right, that this is the very first time we actually enter in a certain contact, ton- contact, sorry, with a horcrooks. And this time is Tom Riddle's diary. And analyzing the diary, we only see the diary diary on the beginning of the book with Lucius Malfoy, where he accidentally put it on Jeannie's stuff before they go to Hogwarts. And we know that Jeannie is with this diary for a very long time, but we have no idea that this diary is actually a horcrux. Also, we know that this diary is very important somehow, because the moment where Harry actually got to see the diary and he actually got to enter in a certain contact with Tom Riddle, somebody grabbed, grabs the diary out of him and somebody tries, you know, like to hurt Harry because he got the diary. Yes, but um, the thing that I find really interesting about this Orcrux is that it was connected to multiple things and we didn't have any idea about it. It's not confirmed in this book, but we notice at the end of it that Tom, Tom, Tom Riddle killed the crying girl in the bathroom, Myrtle, um, to use his diary as, as an Orcrux. I personally, no offense, I don't like Myrtle. I just think she's an annoying and obnoxious character that was literally just there to be killed for absolutely no reason and making everybody's lives harder than it needs to be. Oh my god, but actually, believing it or not, I do kind of like Myrtle. Especially because we don't know how she died. We only kind of know how she died on the end of this book where she say. She saw a pair of big yellow eyes close to the sink and she died. And I kind of relate myself to her because imagine you're crying because somebody was bullying you. And when you get off of the bathroom, you're going to scream of a boy because she knew it was a boy inside the bathroom. And you accident like, you're not accidentally, but you get killed. I personally believe that if this happened to me, I would be like very tormenting to people too because... Now I need to spend the rest of my eternity inside a bathroom crying because I was killed inside a bathroom. But already enjoying that we are talking a little bit more about this character, why don't we talk a little bit more about Tom Riddle right now? Um, okay, let's let's talk about him. I don't really like Tom. I I I really don't. I don't mean to be negative, but I think he's just rude. You know, and he's like a younger 16-year-old version of Voldemort that just manipulates everybody and tries to get stuff with his looks and it's absolutely fake. He's not a true character and, I mean, he's good for the story. I just don't like him because he's evil. But at least as a Slytherin, I kind of respect him because he was the best of us. Well, actually, adding to what you're saying... Believe it or not, Tom Riddle is actually one of my favorite Harry Potter characters. Actually, he's my top crush from Harry from the whole Harry Potter series. I believe he, he's a very complex character because if you sit down and analyze only like really analyzing only the few we have from him from this book, he's a very interesting character. We know that only by his looks 
he was able to manipulate a whole school, saying that it was Hagrid, the one who caused it all the problem. Like, believe it, I think this is very impressive. Like, how can a person only by looks and high grades can manipulate everybody? I think this is very impressive. And honestly, I'm not a really big fan of Dumbledore. I like him, but not a lot, because Dumbledore is a very... If Harry Potter says ah or or if he literally briefs he will give a lot of points to gryffindor so but i don't know and as a gryffindor i think this is a little bit unfair of the other houses but i don't know i i really enjoy tom riddle not like saying i'm not very happy that dumbledore gives a lot of points to my house which makes me very happy but there's a lot of times where dumbledore i questions his decisions a lot so i totally I, I don't know, I really like Tom Riddle, so, yeah. Yeah, I really think that's unfair that Dumbledore really just really likes Harry Potter and is biased to him and to his house. And thinking about, like, as Tom Riddle was 16 years old when he created his very first, first Arcrux, I think this is a very... A very important thing to add to our theme since we were talking about good versus evil and the dark arts. Especially because, if you think about it, Tom Riddle, as I said before, is a very complex character. He's been through a lot. We know that, you know, he's evil and all. But I think he had an option. He had, you know, like this option of not being, you know, of not creating a horde or crooks, you know, not killing an innocent 13-year-old girl inside a bathroom, you know, he didn't necessarily, we know, futurely, we will know that he is scared about death and all, but I don't, I think that, you know, being a 16-year-old, creating an crooks with an innocent girl, you know, even though he's inside school, having a lot of risks, was very, I don't know, impressive, but also very risky of him, I guess. Yeah, I agree with you, because, like, everybody passes through some stuff in life, everybody goes through trauma and one million things, not everybody is evil about it, you know? Um, Harry Potter didn't have the best life, yet he was still not a horrible person. And speaking of, like, the book, so we know that the book starts with Harry on, the, on his second year, then he have this petrifying problem with a lot of students. He, we meet Aragog, which is a very important character that, that also talking about Tom Riddle analyzing him. We I don't know what happened to him, but I think he was a little bit too desperate, you know, to simply incriminate a 13-year-old boy called Hagrid, which was half a giant, just because he had a spider. And we know that Aragog was a not a tarantula and regular really big spider but a very like a monster spider and we know that he had a lot of risks of having a spider inside school but i also think that hagrid is such a nice person and doing this with him making hagrid being you know like being kicked out of hogwarts and having his one taken was very 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 mean often riddles you know like side yeah, and something that left me really creeped out was the part that Harry and Ron went to the giant spider because imagine if the Aragrog and imagine if the spider grew up inside Hogwarts, how horrifying it would be. And 
for me, I hate spiders. I despise them. I'm personally very scared. And it was at least very brave of them, but weird. I totally agree with you. I am also very terrified by spiders. But I think that knowing Hagrid, even though sometimes he can be a little bit irresponsible, I think that Hagrid will not, you know, like, probably he wouldn't keep Aragog inside school. He would probably, someday he would need to, you know, put him outside. But I don't think that, like, Hagrid having a giant spider is not as bad as Tom Riddle having a literally giant snake killing, not only killing, but, like, petrifying students just because they're muggle-borns or half-bloods. But I, talking about also in the story, after Ron and, ha Ron and Harry see Aragog, we see the moment which I found it's really important about Tom Riddle too, talking still about him as a character, is analyzing how even the ministry, because we see how the first minister, he went there because he thinks he's pretty sure that Hagrid was the one that is causing all this problem again. And I think it's so like... I don't know, it's not, like, funny, but how weird and, like, how really planful, like, he, like how a great mind Tom Riddle had that even after 50 years later, Tom Riddle was still not the guilty one. He was not the guy who did the wrong thing, you know? It was still Hagrid. After, like, 50 years, even the minister believed, like, the whole ministry also, like, the whole wizarding world believed that Hagrid was the one that did this bad thing like 50 years ago and he was doing it again. Yeah, I agree with you. It's very serious. Um, that was happening after like 50 years. Nobody knew who was the actual killer and the actual person that did that. And he was going to be sent to Azkaban, which is very, very, very serious and very sad and depressing. And what would do very bad for him for absolutely no reason, just because he had a hideous pet. Okay, so like my final things I want to point out from Tom Riddle is that like from Dark Arts is that like if we didn't have this character in this book, it wouldn't be enough. Like even though I don't like him and all that stuff, he was very important to Dark Arts in this book, to the history of Harry Potter. And my final, like, point of view about Tom Riddle is how, basically, talking with our theme, I think that Tom Riddle basically changed Dark Arts. If it wasn't for him, Dark Arts would be a little bit more... It, it would still have the evil side, but I think he brought Dark Arts to a totally different level. He made things totally more evil, more mean... So I think Tom Riddle is a very complex, super interesting character with a super interesting past. Unfortunately, on this book, we, unfortunately, on this book, we can see a 16-year-old self and how he was already very mean, very evil. So I think he's a very complex, psychopath, totally psychopath character, but very, very interesting. And now closing, to close our podcast, we wanted to talk about to make it our final theme to be love versus evil. I personally think that Harry Potter is one of the most beautiful stories that actually talk about love versus evil and how it uses it in such a beautiful way and, and, and as a beautiful theme. Especially talking about Harry, Harry's family, like Harry's parents. 
We know that what kept Harry alive was his mother's love. We know that he didn't die that night because his mother's love was so big for him that he didn't die. Which I think was totally, it's totally, it's very beautiful to talk about. And I think that this is, this is very, you know, like, nice. How even on our daily lives, love will always be more important, will always defeat evil. Just like Dumbledore said, um, the strongest power, the strongest magic that will always be, will always be love. Because there's no way in the world that you can kill love, stop love completely. Love will always be stronger and survive anything you throw at it. Because love is just gorgeous like that. And it's something that Voldemort never had, never will have, and he'll forever be in a lack of. That's why he'll never be able to be the strongest wizard of them all. Because he lacks the most powerful thing, which is love. Yes, and like totally agree with you know, like quoting now a quote from Chamber of Secrets where Tom Riddle says where Tom Riddle says that Tom Marvalu Riddle, then he waved the wand once and the letter of his name re rearranged themselves in I am Lord Voldemort. We can see how we know like now closing our quote, but like we can see now how Voldemort never had love. We know he didn't he had problems with his parents because he was a orphan and all, but he never and he was conceived under love potion, but he never tried to seek or try to find love. So I think this is something that Harry, even though Harry a lot of times compared himself with Voldemort during this book, he should try to understand how he has one thing that Voldemort will never have, love. And we see that moment on the end of the book where Dumbledore already says to him, like, Harry, the moment where you met Tom Riddle and you didn't, like, join him, you already had love. You were you were already different from him because you, you, you had love and you knew that the people who you care about, the people who died for you, wouldn't want this for you. So I think that this is one of the most important and beautiful themes that we see on the book is how beautiful a beautiful theme where we can see that love will always be more powerful independently from everything that happens and personally i think that voldemort really lacks i think this is his main i don't know not fear but probably his weakest point not having love because nobody will ever love him nobody will ever care him and nobody will ever die for him Like, Lily died for Harry. Lily and James actually died for Harry. And, you know, give, gave their lives for him, for Harry. Like, nobody would ever do this for Voldemort. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. I think it's very important, love. And Harry Potter had two loving people that died for him, which Harry Potter will never, ever, ever have. Um. So, which... What is the most important thing? That's why Voldemort will never be nobody. Because even though he has power and all of that, how will he ever be important? He may have an army of people to support him and be next to him, but he'll never have true love and true affection. And he'll never know what that is, which... 
in my opinion, makes him weak, makes him vulnerable, makes him almost a nobody. Because what are you if you don't have anybody to love? What is it all for? And what if he actually became the strongest wizard of them all? What would he, what would he do next? Just kill himself? He doesn't have a reason to live for. He doesn't have somebody to love, somebody to live, somebody to enjoy life with. He only has fear and hatred in his heart, which doesn't take anybody anywhere. I totally agree with you, and this is exactly what's going to happen at the end of Harry Potter. He doesn't have no one. He will die alone, weak, without love, because nobody will ever care about him. And now we can end our podcast. Thank you very much for listening to me and to Caesar. It was a little bit, a little long, 25 minutes of podcast, but it was enough to try to talk a little bit more about Tom Riddle, Dark Art, Good versus Evil, and, you know, try to pick out not only the summary of the Chamber of Secrets, but try to focus on other very important points that we thought it would be very interesting to brought here for you today. Thank you very much for listening to both of us.